Chapter Fourteen of the Permanent Husband by Fyodor Dostoevsky. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A young fellow of some nineteen summers entered the room. He might have been even younger to judge by his handsome but self-satisfied and very juvenile face. He was not badly dressed. At all events, his clothes fit him well. In stature, he was a little above the middle height. He had thick black hair and dark, bold eyes, and these were the striking features of his face. Unfortunately, his nose was a little too broad and tip-tilted, otherwise he would have been a really remarkably good-looking young fellow. He came in with some pretension. "'I believe I have the opportunity of speaking to Mr. Trusotsky?' he observed deliberately, and bringing out the word opportunity with much apparent satisfaction as though he wished to accentuate the fact that he could not possibly be supposed to feel either honour or pleasure in meeting Mr. Trusotsky. Velchaninoff thought he knew what all this meant. Pavel Pavlovitch seemed to have an inkling of the state of affairs, too. His expression was one of anxiety, but he did not show the white feather. "'Not having the honour of your acquaintance,' he said with dignity, "'I do not understand what sort of business you can have with me.' kindly listen to me first and you can then let me know your ideas on the subject observed the young gentleman pulling out his tortoise-shell glasses and focusing the champagne bottle with them having deliberately inspected that object he put up his glasses again and fixing his attention once more upon pavel pavlovitch remarked alexander lobov what about alexander lobov that's my name you've not heard of me no hm well i don't know when you should have now i think of it but i've come on important business concerning yourself i suppose i can sit down i'm tired oh pray sit down said velchaninoff but not before the young man had taken a chair in spite of the pain at his heart velchaninoff could not help being interested in this impudent youngling there seemed to be something in his good-looking, fresh young face that reminded him of Nadia. "'You can sit down, too,' observed Lobov, indicating an empty seat to Pavel Pavlovitch, with a careless nod of his head. "'Thank you. I shall stand.' "'Very well. But you'll soon get tired. You need not go away, I think, Mr. Velchaninoff. "'I have nowhere to go, my good sir. I am at home.' "'As you like.' I confess I should prefer your being present while I have an explanation with this gentleman. Nadezhda Fedosievna has given you a flattering enough character, sir, to me. Nonsense! How could she have had time to do so? Immediately after you left. Now, Mr. Trusotsky, this is what I wish to observe, he continued to Pavel, the latter still standing in front of him. We, that is, Nadezhda Fedosievna and myself, have long loved one another, and have plighted our troth, you have suddenly come between us as an obstruction. I have come to tell you that you had better clear out of the way at once. Are you prepared to adopt my suggestion?" Pavel Pavlovitch took a step backward in amazement. His face paled visibly, but in a moment a spiteful smile curled his lip. "'Not in the slightest degree prepared, sir,' he said laconically. "'Dear me,' said the young fellow, settling himself comfortably in his chair, and throwing one leg over the other. 
indeed i do not know whom i am speaking to added pavel pavlovitch so that it can't hardly be worth your while to continue so saying he sat down at last i said you'd get tired remarked the youth i informed you just now he added that my name is alexander lobov and that nadezhda and i have plighted our troth consequently you cannot truthfully say as you did say just now that you don't know who i am nor can you honestly assert that you do not see what we can have to talk about not to speak of myself there is nadezhda fedosievna to be considered the lady to whom you have so impudently attached yourself that alone is matter sufficient for explanation between us all this the young fellow rattled off carelessly enough as if the thing were so self-evident that it hardly needed mentioning while talking he raised his eyeglass once more and inspected some object for an instant putting the glass back in his pocket immediately afterwards excuse me young man began pavel pavlovitch but the words young man were fatal at another moment observed the youth i should of course forbid your calling me young man at once but you must admit that in this case my youth is my principal advantage over yourself and that even this very day you would have given anything nay at the moment when you presented your bracelet to be just a little bit younger cheeky young brat muttered velchaninoff in any case began pavel pavlovitch with dignity i do not consider your reasons as set forth most questionable and improper reasons at the best sufficient to justify the continuance of this conversation i see your business is mere childishness and nonsense to-morrow i shall have the pleasure of an explanation with mr zaklebnikoff my respected friend meanwhile sir perhaps you will make it convenient to depart that's the sort of man he is cried the youth hotly turning to velchaninoff he is not content with being as good as kicked out of the place and having faces made at him but he must go down again to-morrow to carry tales about us to mr zaklebnikoff do you not prove by this you obstinate man that you wish to carry off the young lady by force that you desire to buy her of people who preserve thanks to the relics of barbarism still triumphant among us a species of power over her surely she showed you sufficiently clearly that she despises you you have had your wretched tasteless present of to-day that bracelet thing returned to you what more do you want excuse me no bracelet has been or can be returned to me said pavel pavlovitch with a shudder of anxiety however how so hasn't mr velchaninoff given it to you oh the deuce take you sir thought velchaninoff nadezhda fedosievna certainly did give me this case for you pavel pavlovitch he said i did not wish to take it but she was anxious that i should here it is i'm very sorry he took out the case and laid it on the table before the enraged pavel pavlovitch how is it you have not handed it to him before asked the young man severely i had no time as you may conclude said velchaninoff with a frown hm strange circumstance what sir well you must admit it is strange however i am quite prepared to believe that there has been some mistake 
Velchaninoff would have given worlds to get up and drub the impertinent young rascal and drag him out of the house by the ear, but he could not contain himself and burst out laughing. The boy immediately followed suit and laughed too. But for Pavel Pavlovitch it was no laughing matter. If Velchaninoff had seen the ferocious look which the former cast at him, at the moment when he and Lobov laughed, he would have realised that Pavel Pavlovitch was in the act of passing a fatal limit of forbearance. He did not see the look, but it struck him that it was only fair to stand up for Pavel now. "'Listen, Mr. Lobov,' he said in friendly tones, "'not to enter into the consideration of other matters, I may point out that Mr. Trusotsky brings with him, in his wooing of Miss Zaklebnikov, a name and circumstances fully well known to that esteemed family. In the second place, he brings a fairly respectable position in the world. And thirdly, he brings wealth. Therefore, he may well be surprised to find himself confronted by such a rival as yourself, a gentleman of great wealth, doubtless, but at the same time so very young that he could not possibly look upon you as a serious rival. Therefore, again, he is quite right in begging you to bring the conversation to an end. What do you mean by so very young? I was nineteen a month since. By the law I might have been married long ago. That's a sufficient answer to your argument. But what father would consent to allowing his daughter to marry you now, even though you may be a Rothschild to come? or a benefactor to humanity in the future. A man of nineteen years old is not capable of answering for himself, and yet you are ready to take on your own responsibility another being, in other words, a being who is as much a child as you are yourself. Why, it is hardly even honourable on your part, is it? I have presumed to address you thus, because you yourself referred the matter to me as a sort of arbiter between yourself and Pavel Pavlovitch. Yes, by the by, Pavel Pavlovitch, I forgot he was called that, remarked the youth. I wonder why I thought of him all along as Vasily Petrovitch. Look here, sir, addressing Velchaninoff, you have not surprised me in the least. I knew you were all tarred with one brush. It is strange that you should have been described to me as a man of some originality. However, to business. All that you have said is, of course, utter nonsense. Not only is there nothing dishonourable about my intentions, as you permitted yourself to suggest, but the fact of the matter is entirely the reverse, as I hope to prove to you by and by. In the first place, we have promised each other marriage, besides which I have given her my word that if she ever repents of her promise, she shall have her full liberty to throw me over. I have given her surety to that effect before witnesses." I bet anything your friend, what's his name, Predposilov, invented that idea," cried Velchaninoff. <laughs> giggled Pavel Pavlovitch contemptuously. What is that person giggling about? You are right, sir, it was Predposilov's idea. But I don't think you and I quite understand one another, do we? And I had such a good report of you. How old are you? Are you fifty yet? Stick to business, if you please forgive the liberty, I did not mean anything offensive. Well, to proceed, I am no millionaire, and I am no great benefactor to humanity, to reply to your arguments. But I shall manage to keep myself and my wife. 
of course i have nothing now i was brought up in fact in their house from my childhood how so oh because i am a distant relative of this mr zaklebnikoff's wife when my people died he took me in and sent me to school the old fellow is really quite a kind-hearted man if you only knew it i do know it yes he's an old fogey rather but a kind-hearted old fellow but i left him four months ago and began to keep myself i first joined a railway office at ten roubles a month and am now in a notary's place at twenty-five i made him a formal proposal for her a fortnight since he first laughed like mad and afterwards fell into a violent rage and nadya was locked up she bore it heroically he had been furious with me before for throwing up a post in his department which he procured for me you see he is a good and kind old fellow at home but get him in his office and oh my word he's a sort of jupiter tonans i told him straight out that i didn't like his ways but the great row was thanks to the second chief at the office he said i insulted him but i only told him he was an ignorant beggar so i threw them all up and went in for the notary business listen to that what a clap we shall have a thunderstorm directly what a good thing i arrived before the rain i came here on foot you know all the way nearly at a run too how in the world did you find an opportunity of speaking to miss nadya then especially since you are not allowed to meet oh one can always get over the railing then there's that red-haired girl she helps and maria nikitishna oh but she's a snake that girl what's the matter are you afraid of the thunderstorm no i'm ill seriously ill velchaninoff had risen from the seat with a fearful sudden pain in his chest and was trying to walk up and down the room oh really then i'm disturbing you i shall go at once said the youth jumping up no you don't disturb me said velchaninoff ceremoniously how not of course i do if you've got the stomach ache well now vasily what's your name pavel pavlovitch let's conclude this matter i will formulate my question for once into words which will adapt themselves to your understanding are you prepared to renounce your claim to the hand of nadezhda fedosievna before her parents and in my presence with all due formality no sir not in the slightest degree prepared said pavel pavlovitch witheringly and allow me to say once more that all this is childish and absurd and that you had better clear out take care said the youth holding up a warning forefinger better give it up now for i warn you that otherwise you will spend a lot of money down there and take a lot of trouble and when you come back in nine months you will be turned out of the house by nadezhda fedosievna herself and if you don't go then it will be the worse for you excuse me for saying so but at present you are like a dog in the manger think over it and be sensible for once in your life spare me the moral if you please began pavel pavlovitch furiously and as for your low threats i shall take my measures to-morrow serious measures low threats pooh you are low yourself to take them as such very well i'll wait till to-morrow then but if you there's the thunder again au revoir very glad to have met you sir 
he nodded to Velchaninoff and made off hurriedly, evidently anxious to reach home before the rain. End of chapter 14